0: So I know this is really random, but like I'm really a sucker for like sports documentaries. hmm Like if anything, like I can sit there on Netflix or whatever and I can just watch. Did you watch the Icarus one? Yeah. But what I was talking about is I re I actually watched it for the th- watched it for the third time. It's uh the Conor McGregor one that's on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. I've, I've looked at it but The thing is Every
1: time I go To like watch Netflix It's usually like Two or three o'clock In the morning Well that's how it always is But I'm saying like If I'm watching that I want to actually Pay attention and watch it Dude, I don't so- want to throw it on For background noise Because I know that There's some interesting shit Because you know They're making like A legit like movie About Conor McGregor right
0: Yeah But I mean I'm just saying Like that documentary I watched it the other night Again is Fantastic What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Kyle Wasik, uh, along here with my friend Alma. Hey, guys. Uh, we're here. This is our new podcast called Unpaid Break. Um, we are new to this, so please excuse some uh, rookie mistakes we may have here. Um, we currently have our other friend, uh, Ho Sway, currently not here, um, but he will be normally a part of the podcast, but he will unfortunately not be here for this episode. Um So I think we should just jump right into it. And uh, our first topic of the day, go uh, some baseball news. What do we we got in the baseball world? All right, so tell me why all of these
1: teams are trying to go for all of these great players for these positions that they don't need to fill. Like, let me go ahead and get started on my favorite team. I'm a diehard Boston Red Sox fan. You can go ahead and ask Anybody that knows me, I will rep their stuff every day if I absolutely have to. As any fan should. But, I mean, we have a great closer in Craig Kimbrell. And I mean, if you ever watch him pitch and you watch his stare down, that thing is terrifying. Even though from a fan standpoint, and you're watching it from the stands, it may look absolutely awful... But he gets the job done. He strikes people out, he gets those saves, and he helps out the Red Sox organization. Hence, our 70 wins that we have leading the whole majors, just saying. But yet, they're still trying to pursue a closing pitcher. I don't understand why a team that's doing so well with such a great roster is still looking for somebody to fill that position when you have arguably the best closing pitcher in the entire league.
0: I mean, I just feel like sometimes it's security, you know. It's it's a team's want to make sure that, you know, they have something down on lock and that they're, they're stable in an area versus, you know, okay, well, if he goes down, who else do we have? But I feel like sometimes some teams can overdo it. Like, my Nationals right now, you're talking about ending last season... <clears throat> two of our starting rotation, rotational pitchers were in the Cy Young voting. And True. there's rumors right now that the Nationals are trying to pursue Cole Hamels, which, I mean, in-division in, uh, rival right there. But we already have two, you know, potential Cy Young pitchers. You know, why would we need a third? And on top of that, um, uh, the manager right now, I think, is overdoing the pitching staff, which is why... We're dealing with some injury issues.
1: And that's the thing. Like, just off of the report that we just listened to, uh, one of the big points that they said is that they don't really have a veteran that can really hold things down. So maybe even having Cole Hamels in there, maybe that's the veteran presence that they need, even though he would be a new face on the team. Presence that can understand a broken team, like the Phillies when he was there years ago. They weren't the best in the clubhouse, as far as interacting with each other, but they were still getting the wins. Where the Nationals right now, they're not doing very well in their clubhouse, and they're slowly fading away from that first place, where Cole Hamill's ex-team, the Phillies, are right up there in first place. So maybe they just need that veteran presence to kind of get them thinking, hey, I know that things might be bad right now, but we also got to look forward to October.
0: Granted, true. I just don't feel... I don't know. my opinion, I don't think they need a veteran um, roll out of a pitcher, per se. I don't think that's... If that's what you're going after, that's not the position to go after it. We're not getting the bats behind our games right now. We're averaging two two runs a game, you know? And it, when, when your pitching staff isn't producing right now, whether it be injuries or, you know, stamina issues, you know, whether they're tired, they're not getting enough rest on off days... It, it just needs to be somewhere else, and I—I I don't know. The Nationals have a lot to fix right now. They're not getting the bats, and it's hard to win games when you don't have the bats behind a pitching staff. So,
1: and I mean, and other teams are working on that. Like the Dodgers, they just barely went ahead and made that trade for Manny Machado. See, like especially since he was batting a three fifteen over in Baltimore, but I mean, he wasn't a part of a winning squad. He wanted to be a part of something where he can actually go ahead. And expand on actually being a winning player. Because, I mean, he's a phenomenal player on his own. But if you had to look at the Orioles squad as a whole, you're never going to go ahead and get past the Yankees or the Red Sox. You're always going to constantly have to battle either for the AL East title or at least for that wild card spot, especially up there. So especially now that he's having to go over to the Dodgers, I feel like he kind of has more opportunity to kind of show his skills, especially being over in
0: L.A., being able to... Show himself off. As a national fan, I thought I couldn't hate the Dodgers enough already. <laughs> then they had to go and get Manny Machado, man. But it's all right, though. I've, I've accepted our fate. We're not making the playoffs this year. It's going to be fine. Bryce Harper is going to leave, and then our team is just going
1: gonna... to... I wouldn't necessarily say he he's going to leave. He's going to leave. I mean, especially after having to win that home run derby back
0: at home, you're not going to call that loyalty? pull a LeBron. That's temporary loyalty. That's that's loyalty to your team when it's there. But <laughs> gonna pull a LeBron in the, in the yeah, baseball world. LeBron, pull <laughs> LeBron. Hey, I'll tell you the way he's playing this year. He's only batting a, a two oh seven. I think it is something around there. And that's that's not that year and a half ago article projected at like four hundred and fifty million dollar contract.
1: Yeah, that's more of a baseline minimum that we're going to go ahead and start offering here. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so, I don't know. I don't. I'm not having high hopes for the Nationals right now, so.
1: But, uh, speaking about LeBron, um, we did have that whole transition of him leaving Cleveland, because, you know, J.R. Smith doesn't know what the score is anymore, so he wants to play for a team that... Can actually know how to score and keep track of the score. I'm getting a Rondo Lakers jersey. That's my next purchase. Really, out of yeah. all the players you could have chosen, you're, you're going to go ahead and get a Rondo jersey? Yeah,
0: I'm going to get a Rondo jersey. No, see no, what,
1: what we got to do. We got to go ahead and get that JaVale McGee jersey, and then nope. as of today, a Michael Beasley Lakers jersey. Nope. You know, let, let's just go ahead and rack
0: up this uh, Team B Space Jam right here. Team B. Space Jam. I don't, I don't know. I'm saying if I had to get a Lakers jersey right now, it'd be a Rondo jersey, but that's I mean, even personal. over, like, Ingram? What?
1: Like, Brandon Ingram? Because, that I mean, he's yeah, still there. Yeah, I got,
0: well, it, it's more of, like, a personal thing for me, because, like, I, I've liked Rondo. I've liked him as a point guard. I mean, he hasn't been my favorite. Hashtag Derrick Rose. You know, what could have been. Um... But no, like, you know, back when he won the championship with the big three in Boston, mm-hmm. you know, I liked his style of play and I liked him as a point guard and sure, you know, sometimes his attitude isn't always the greatest, you know. But I mean it adds to the fun of the game. Talking about a man that last season dropped I think it was twenty seven assists in one game.
1: I, I think it was somewhere close to there, but twenty
0: seven or twenty eight assists. I think, he, in one I think game. he had
1: like single digit
0: numbers as far as like points. I think he had, like, nine points or something like that. Okay, side note for ten seconds. I know it's not real-life sports-related, but the new 2K released some ratings. And Lonzo Ball is rated at an overall 89. (laughs) Off of what? Did LaVar go in there and type that in? Rondo, his
1: overall is a 79. Again, did Levar go in to 2K and he say I never lost. I, and then just decided to put 89 in he there must because have.
0: I mean, okay, well, Lonzo Ball's a good player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He can definitely dish the ball well. He knows how to facilitate. That shot is so ugly. I can't get over that shot. It's in, in a league where in a league where people, you know, I'm not saying Rondo's still great. He's a decent point guard. He can obviously facilitate the ball. But in this league right now, you know, your average point guard isn't known for distributing the ball. Mm -hmm. The average point guard now is looked at as, you know, you need to. Be able to do everything. Do everything. And you basically, to some extent, you need to ISO, you know? Mm -hmm. You look at, you know, Russell Westbrook. You look at Kyrie Irving. You know, you look at. uh, Kemba Walker, you know. At times, you look at Damian Lillard, and they can all, to an extent, you know, they can play that ISO one-on-one. And when needed, be you know, you know, step in front of me. I can get to the basket. I got this. And I just feel like it's I I like the old perspective of the point guards where you, it's it's the point you facilitate in any way necessary i'm not saying you don't need to drive you don't need to be able to score absolutely every position needs to be able to score but it i think it's really underappreciated now still where you can facilitate really well and that's why i really like those small
1: market teams like um granted they're a high level team san antonio before tony parker left he was one of those traditional point guards where he didn't necessarily have to score that much But he was also looking for every single player on the court to kind of show them off. And then also, like with my favorite team, the Utah Jazz, we have Ricky Rubio. Not going to lie, when we first got him, I was dreading the season. Because I know that he wasn't going to be putting up double-digit points. But I did know that everybody else around him was going to be getting points on the board. We were going to go ahead and facilitate the ball so well. And that managed to get us all the way into the playoffs, which nobody thought we were going to do, especially getting rid of Gordon Hayward.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like, especially with the Spurs, like you're talking about arguably the most modern team to play an old... An older style uh, play of basketball, you know, where it's like, you know, the the extra passes, you know, the the team ball, whereas the more ninety um, percent of the league now, you know, it's it's that modern day and age, you know, it's like. You got the center, you know, the center's got to be the stretch three point shooters, and you know, you got to stretch the ball. And I mean, like, basketball is always going to change. But oh, yeah. And, Definitely. and that goes with any sport, too. It's not always going to be played the same way because, you know, people change. Like, even, like, you know, the most common thing, you know, athletes today, they're not coming out the same way that they used to, you know, like, even um, we'll touch on football in a minute, but the most uh, best way I can explain it is, like, in football, you know, the way. Um, linebackers. Linebackers back in the day, they were one of the biggest dudes on the field besides the linemen. Oh yeah. You think of old school linebackers, you think of you know, big dudes, you know, like six five, you know.
1: I'm thinking like Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher.
0: Uh, well, Ray Lewis, yes, but he him and Brian Erlacher almost in a way was the middle ground into turning what middle line like linebackers are today. Cuz back in the around. day big brawly massive bulky dudes and they weren't known for being fast. You know, they weren't you know So you're talking more like a LT. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly that's what I'm talking about. And now, you know, you got these dudes that are you know 220 225, and those are the bigger linebackers in this day and age, you know what I mean? they got to be quick off the edge, and, I mean, we'll we'll touch on that more, but basically, like, you know, the size and the stature and the style of athletes that are coming up now are way different than they used to be back then. And that goes with any sport, you know? Okay.
1: But um, going back to the whole LeBron thing, uh, one thing that's really concerning me about the league in general is the transition of how... Is being done. How you were saying that the centers are having to be able to do a little bit more, and that's why I appreciate teams like San Antonio and Utah, and even Sacramento. If somebody wants to go ahead and talk to me about that one, well, and even how they San play San Antonio,
0: all they got is uh, Ginobili now. Everyone got, else is gone,
1: pretty much, and they're going to have to relearn how to do everything. But I mean, they got DeMar DeRozan now, so they'll have to. They'll work on something after he's done having his little fit from leaving Toronto. Talk but about a joke. but um and that's something that i really hate about the league is that it's changing to be a specific way to the point to where a lot of fans are losing interest in watching basketball itself i've been a huge basketball fan all my life and it's getting to the point to where even watching my own team the jazz i have a hard time watching them because they're playing good fundamental basketball the way that Kids are still learning how to play today. You're going to run the pick and roll.
0: They're all watching Steph Curry shoot three-pointers from almost half-court. Exactly. That's all they want to
1: do. Yeah, everybody wants to go ahead and see how far their range can go. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I try to see how far I can shoot, but half the time it's an air ball. But, I mean, you want to go ahead and talk about a league that's so well diverse as far as how they play, Yeah, it seems like every game I watch, you're just seeing the star player grab the ball pass half-court, chuck it up, turn around, and expect it to go in. What what fun is that to watch? <laughs> Especially... Russell Westbrook! <clears throat> <laughs> um,
0: but we won't get into it.
1: But, them. like, how, how much fun is that? Especially now that DeMarcus Cousins is over in Golden State. Like, Don't even... What... What? Don't even, how is this even a fun even. game to even watch anymore when you're having the same teams every single year? And I mean, now that LeBron's not in the East Coast, maybe that will go ahead and change a little bit. We'll have Boston up in there, most
0: likely, based on how they played, or maybe even Philly. Just, this is my personal opinion on the NBA right now when it comes to stuff like this. It, it, it's, all on, it's all on which... Uh, it's all on which half the court you're looking at it from. You're looking at it from the court where it's like, you know, this is how it is now. If you want to beat us, do something about it. It's like, okay. But then you look at it from the other standpoint where um, it even goes up to ownerships. You know, some owners aren't willing to spend that cash. Some owners aren't willing to do the luxury tax On going over so that you can afford these big-name players, and it just, it's a biased standpoint, because you can sit there as a Golden State fan, regardless of when you became a fan, (laughs) and you can sit there and go, oh, we're the best team, we have the best players, we, you know, it's not our fault the NBA allows us to do this, or that we're physically able to do this, but, you know, from a standpoint of, you know small market teams man you can you can do uh like my personal opinion chicago um i wouldn't say it's not a small market by no means but the owners the ownership is unwilling to do that they're not willing to go out and spend these big bucks and cave if you will to this modern day and age of basketball and how things are handled with teams so from a bulls perspective my season is boring My season sucks because I have to sit there and watch these other teams build dynasties. You know, back 1980s uh, or 1990s, you know, USA all-star dream teams. And that's in a regular NBA team. And I have to sit there with this team where our best players are, you know, like a rookie or a, a, a second year, you know, that's coming off an injury, and they got to prove we just got Jabari Parker.
1: You know? I'm, is, I'm actually is, really
0: excited for that. But is this Derrick Rose 2.0? Or is he going to be able to pass the wall that Derrick couldn't, and he's going to go back see, to what he should? Be. And the one thing that I see
1: with Jabari Parker is, I mean, he's hometown hero. He's originally from Chicago. So making his way back, I feel like that's going to go ahead and be a little bit of fuel, especially since Milwaukee wasn't really willing to give him that chance, especially once Giannis came into the picture. Because since Jabari kept on getting injured and they were always trying to force him back out there since he was their star player at the time, since they were always trying to force him out there,
0: they couldn't really give him the full recovery time that Talk he really needed. Talk about a team forcing people out, man. Derek Rose was forced back into play so often, and some of it was ownership, and some of, the, some of it was Coach Tibbs. And honestly, I think it's a little bit of sponsorship, too.
1: If you look at it at you that know, point, because you got to sell the shoes.
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. But I feel like at the same time, you know, that's just more time for commercials instead of actually. But but um, I mean, if you're not playing, how are you going to sell? This is very true. But it just, I don't know, man. I got I got to be honest with you. NBA is not fun for me right now. I still follow it. I still keep up, not as much as I used to. By no means, but it's it for me as a basketball Chicago Bulls fan, it's not fun. So my my following has declined since, but I mean, as I'm I'm a sports fanatic, you know, so I I, I can't stay away from sports. But it just sucks to see something like this happen where and I, I life's not fair. I know yeah. not everyone's not gonna be able to do it. But talk about like a starting five that are all all stars.
1: And, and the thing is, too, it's like all of us are hating on Golden State about how uh, everyone complains about making super teams and how the NBA is trying to avoid super teams. But a lot of people don't look at it at the point, the scout that Golden State has. The only people in their starting five that wasn't originally on the Golden State roster, either draft or traded through the draft, is Kevin Durant. And DeMarcus Cousins. Everybody else was
0: scouted and 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 drafted to Golden State. Some of the rotational players. Yeah, I mean, some of the rotational players. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the starters.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if you have to go down a little bit, uh, somebody that not a lot of people or even Golden State fans are talking about is uh, Jordan Bell.
0: He's he's on the come up. He is
1: on the come up. If anybody watched Summer League, look up. Jordan Bell highlights, and you will not be disappointed. He is.
0: We'll post. We'll post that. Uh, we'll post that video on our Twitter page, so you can take a look at it, see what we're talking about. Yeah, he
1: he's a great player. He's definitely somebody that Golden State will definitely rely on. But until Klay Thompson or Steph Curry, one of the two, uh, end up leaving with an injury or some for some reason decide to leave the team, which they would be
0: crazy to do. That's where you are going to go ahead and see Jordan Bell shine, and that's that's actually a fair point that not everyone talks about. Is like, yes, it's a super team, but like you said, besides a few rotational players, you know, on the bench, and KD coming, and now Demarcus Cousins, really, their 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 team is mostly drafted, and it started with Steph. Yeah, and I
1: mean, everybody looked over him. I I, I may be wrong, but I think he was drafted what
0: thirteenth. Overall, or something around that area, you know, he, I, I I'll have to look this up. But I, I want to double check. I think his like first game or his, his first couple of games, he got a triple double. Like one of his first games, in the league after he got drafted. And the thing is, too, like a
1: lot of people doubted him because, I mean, he played for a very, very low-rated school at Davidson, which, I mean, nobody is going to talk about Davidson because. Pfft, who even knows where that's at? <laughs> um, and then also on top of that, he because everybody kind of saw him as a one-trick pony, again, being with Davidson and taking them into March Madness and actually doing well. A lot of people thought that that was a fluke. Maybe... It was the tournament actually just kind of helping in his favor, kind of giving him the spotlight and being Del Curry's son and being known for the three-point shot. He has to show off these skills or he's not going to be a great NBA player because everybody's just going to go ahead and know him as Del Curry's son if he can't show up on his own. Now, if you talk to kids that are Steph Curry fans, I'm really curious how many of, of them know who Del Curry is knowing the true three-point man over in Charlotte. That's what I really want to know, is how many of these kids now that are going out here on the court trying to break people's ankles or trying to do that pick and roll and try to make sure that their highlights are being showed on YouTube or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. I really want to know how many of them actually know who Del Curry is because that is a man that you're going to go ahead and look up to when it comes to three-point shooting, even like Ray Allen. If you're going to go ahead and throw up some great names in there, Ray Allen, J.J. Riddick, uh, Jeff Hornacek, these are some people that you definitely need to look up to, especially if you're going to think that Steph Curry is the only player that tried to defy the odds as far as shooting the three ball.
0: Man, talk about a rant right there. (laughs) (laughs) True, and um, I do apologize. I was incorrect. It was like, uh, was it about like it was about like twenty games in. Um, it was against the Clippers in his rookie season. So when they didn't really have, much he had going ten for rebounds, him. he had thirteen assists, and he had thirty six points. Okay, as a rookie
1: with Golden State, with when I they mean, weren't in their prime. That was when they were still wearing the actual Warrior on their jerseys. Which that's another thing. I want to know how many of these young people here that are still like trying to figure out if there's any other teams besides Golden State, if they actually recognize those jerseys too. I mean, going back to like Baron Davis and Jason Richardson, Corey Maggette, like the guys that were rocking these jerseys here before they decided to go back to the retro look. Um, when you were looking up those stats, did you see where he was drafted
0: as far as position-wise? or did uh, I did I- not see what... I can find that out. But, I mean, you're talking about... Um, a Golden State roster in his rookie season, you know, he a very very young Monte Ellis with him. Okay, I, uh, for, I forgot
1: a, that he played for Golden yep, State.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, an older well, not older like yeah, but uh, you know, Stephen Jackson. Stephen okay. Jackson was on Steven there. Jackson was, but this was push before for you know forward. he came out to what he is, and I mean. Me personally, the only other names, you know, I can think of that were on there is like CJ Watson, but I mean he played for the Bulls for a stint of time, so I know who CJ Watson and, and was. And I mean CJ Watson, he wasn't
1: that standout player. He was always No, that, this is like, you know that backup point guard that when your star needed to rest, he could still go ahead and facilitate the ball and actually get some good points up on there.
0: Yeah. And I mean so, even I mean, now
1: I think I think he's still playing for Orlando or something like that. Granted, he's probably not getting very many minutes. Especially with how the league is changing, but I mean, he's still
0: out there trying to make a buck or two. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but yeah, you're talking about a, a, a Golden State team who essentially, you know, didn't have any anybody, and
1: then they just managed to find a great scout, and now they have the that super team that everybody is complaining about, which. Don't get me wrong, being a Utah Jazz fan, we have to run into them so many times every single year, and I will complain about them until the end of time or the end of Steph Curry, so you'll probably hear about that a lot more, but I do respect the scouting. Uh, Tidbit, uh, Steph was drafted 7th. 7th, okay. But I mean, he wasn't number one overall, nobody was freaking out about about
0: him. An undersized point card coming out of Davidson. Who didn't get, you know, he didn't really even get any scholarship. And
1: I was going to say, wasn't Davidson pretty
0: much like the only one that offered like It was like his last chance. Well, I wouldn't say chance. But, yeah, it was like his last opportunity, you know, to to go somewhere to college and get a ride. And they almost had that Cinderella story in the, in the the, the March Madness tournament that year. I think they made it to...
1: I think it was Elite Eight.
0: Yeah. And then they got
1: knocked out. But, But, I mean, even for a small school like Davidson, making it to the Elite Eight, that gets you something. I mean, just like uh, Loyola, Chicago. Talk about that Cinderella story. And I want to say it was like five or six years ago, VCU made it to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. I mean, this happens, like, all the time. And nobody seems to talk about it after because, I mean, they're not winning. Yeah. Nobody's talking about the players that are coming out of these schools either because, I mean, we don't have a lot of footage to go ahead and watch all their highlights. I mean, if you're not going to Louisville, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, who are you?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, seriously. Unless you're one of the those, you know, power top ten teams that make it every single year, and you know these essential farms that the, oh, yeah. the that these schools are making, and even that's its own conversation. Like you know, talking about doing something about the NCAA, man. That that shit is so rigged. Beyond oh, yeah. belief, like, and I mean, people have known it, but like, it's now really starting to come into the light how rigged this stuff is. But
1: that's a, one thing that I do well, like. Well, that... let, me, let me rephrase, okay. excuse
0: me, not rigged, but as far as like paid, as far as like coaches and organizations in these colleges paying these kids to commit to their school. And that's what I mean by rigged, not... Not the, and not the schedule by... in the the games are rigged in itself but
1: I, I and, mean, and you're not talking about like actual forms of payment you're talking like scholarship and like other opportunities outside of that stuff that we know about not like no I'm
0: just talking about like the scandal that happened last season With the the the, 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 Arizona, co- right? the, the recordings of like these players or whatever either admitting or something someone was told that these coaches and these schools are paying these kids like cash, and with, like, cars, and financial stability, and, uh, I think there was one kid said, like, even, like, they bought his mom an apartment, or bought his mom, like, a house or something, and it's, like, to just commit to your school, for a, a, a student to go there one, maybe two years, and that's one thing that I do like that
1: Adam Silver is really taking a big stand on, uh, the commissioner of the NBA, uh, he hates one and done's. And I mean, I do too, because I mean, it kind of ruins the whole thing of having college basketball because you're going to have this player that does really well for one season and then you have to rebuild your entire starting lineup because they all want to go to the draft. But most likely only three of them are going to find a team. But Adam Silver, what he's trying to do, and I mean, you can go ahead and uh, tell me if I'm wrong, if I am, and in all means, I'll go ahead and own up to it. But what he's trying to do is bring back the high school rule just like Kevin Garnett and Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, um, you can go ahead and decide to commit to go into the NBA in high school. But if you are not drafted, you must commit to a college for, I think he said, a minimum of two years. You are required to do that. But if you decide to go to the college, you must go through your entire scholarship. You are not allowed to leave early. Because he wants to go well, ahead and aren't get sco- that.
0: But see, the only... And I'm not 100% sure on this, but isn't scholarships on a renewal basis too year by year? So like if you get a scholarship, they're not saying you get a scholarship for four years. You get a scholarship for the year. And at the end of the year, you, I, I don't know if you have to like apply or, but basically you have to be approved to have your scholarship renewed for the next year. When you are going to a university, they give
1: you the plan for your full four years as a standard degree and they go ahead and tell you how your scholarship is spread out, or at least that's how it is at my school over at Jacksonville University. Like, that's how they go ahead and tell you how your funds are, they'll go ahead and tell you, here's your amount of scholarship you have per year, this is what you have at loans per year, and this is what it totals. So if they were gonna go ahead and submit something like this, I believe that they would go ahead and have to submit a four-year plan for them to go ahead and do that. And I'm pretty sure if that does end up being the case, they'll find a, it. they'll find a shady way to go ahead and I do, say, do I, don't, it I don't think that
0: would go over well
1: and, or I don't think many people would do that, but I still think that even for like the kids that decided to go straight from high school and then they end up not getting drafted. I feel like it's a good opportunity for them to go ahead and fall back to go to college instead of just, you know, high school being done and then not being able to pursue their dream anymore. Because I mean, I know that I would hate that if
0: that was the shoes that I was in. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. I mean, obviously education is important, and uh, you know they need a fallback because you know anything can happen, and you know in in one play in practice, your career can be over, and then you got you have nothing to fall back on. So it just I feel like I feel like something needs to be fixed. Um, it's I. Feel At least, what I see, I'm not seeing it as prominent as a problem in college football as I do with basketball. Like basketball, that's the stereotype, you know, one and done. Like you know, you got the the top five high school prospects, and you know they sign with these colleges, and you go like, okay, they're gonna play this year. They'll be in the tournament. You know, they may you know contend for the championship. And then you know it's like all right they're getting drafted and it's become the norm that the the NBA draft it's become a norm where you're you're drafting projects yeah I you're mean, not even all these people and, are like and there's eighteen some years old and there's some exceptions yes but you know half of the athletes that get drafted in the NBA half of them are projects you're talking about draft where you go and it's like okay but his shot's off or you know he needs to work on his ball handling or you know he needs to work on something else but yet they're getting these draft picks and you think of a um nfl nfl draft I see complete athletes that don't even get looked at go undrafted in seven rounds. Seven rounds of 32 picks. And you're telling me there's complete athletes in that sport that don't get looked at. And they go, oh, we'll, we'll we'll sign them to our practice squad. I mean, just look at the Patriots roster. If you look
1: at half of their roster, I mean, a majority of them are after the third round. Because a bunch of people aren't willing to look at some of these athletes that maybe go all four years at a school and actually put in their time, get their degrees, and actually have a plan B after their respective sport. Yet some of these teams aren't willing to pay that extra money, yet they have this nice young prospect that they can go ahead and work on for the next 15 to 20 years, even though they'll probably look for a winning team like Golden State in four (laughs)
0: <laughs> do you know? And after this, I feel like it, it, we're having enough flip flop topics. Where we're we're just gonna go into the NFL. here yeah. After, Oh this, yeah, yeah. Yeah After this. Um. But the uh, shit. I lost my. Do you know the average? Um. That average career in the NFL total average career is like not even two seasons. Yeah, because I mean, for
1: most of those players, um, if you're looking at it from. A hole like talking about practice squads and then you're talking about bench players and then the actual starters a majority of them they're gonna go ahead and spend off their signing bonus and not save or even like look towards their future and then they just go ahead and go down this giant rabbit hole and not pick up from it I mean you can even look to uh, Josh Gordon he's one of the few people that's actually trying to work I, on I'm himself. Talking about a man that's had so many chances, and you're talking about an organization that has had so many chances with everybody else. If you want to go ahead and talk about those quarterback jerseys, you're done.
0: <laughs> Dude, I think that's one of the the funniest pictures I've seen. Is like seeing all the infamous those. jersey. There's one, and I don't know. I don't know if there's like an updated one, but I think it was the most recent one I saw of this photo. It was uh, when Colt McCoy got drafted, and he was like the there. Oh, that was the most recent one you saw. The, the as far as the picture goes, I know the list goes on. Oh, I was gonna say talking, you gotta you gotta update that. No, 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 I know I gotta update that. But <laughs> I am saying as far as the picture goes, last time I saw the picture with the list is it was the McCoy it, when Colt McCoy got drafted in the fifth round, I believe. I think it was fourth or fifth round, um, but it showed uh, the jersey and then the pieces of tape one underneath the other of all the quarterbacks they drafted since that jersey and oh no see like
1: if you look at it now if i remember it correctly because there was somebody that wore it on draft night and then you saw them tape Baker Mayfield's name on there. I was dying I, laughing I, I, because I, the the names went all the way down to the back of the person's knee. I believe it because of how far down it went. I, um, but I to want, go ahead and want, back you up on the Colt McCoy, it was a uh, third
0: round it was, by Cleveland. I, I thought it was fourth round, but I, I was close so enough. He sure. didn't play there long. You're talking about God. If he didn't get hurt in that Alabama national championship game, man, he wouldn't have dropped that low. I mean, and that's just kind of how it is all around. I mean, no, you, I know that happens every injury. day. You can never say what ifs. You can never. The what
1: ifs are the awful questions to ask because then that could just be its own thing in itself. And we could go ahead and get stuck on that. All day.
0: I do. I want Baker to do well.
1: I want. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of people are projecting wins for Cleveland. How many times can you say that? We project Cleveland. To beat another team,
0: I was doing franchise mode Madden off-topic video games. I'm stupid. <laughs> um, I did a I did a season with an updated roster. I, d- I downloaded like a custom had, roster, got, like, and Landry, someone added and
1: Tyrod. And all yeah, that. they yeah.
0: added all the draftees and everything, and updated the free agency. So I played with like an updated roster. Which so who they it, have is the starter for quarterback uh, Baker. Oh, okay, it, but I mean that's like to be ex- kind. It's kind of expected. For that to be, even though Tyrod Taylor, I don't know, man. I think, quick before I lose topic. Um, so I played my season. I played as the Jags because I wanted to continue off of what they almost accomplished last year. Miles Jack that. wasn't down, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> and I played with the Jags, and they had the Browns go thirteen and three. With the updated roster, with an updated roster. Now, granted, this is a with, video game. Granted, but
1: this is a video. I get that's a video game, but they should have some common sense built they, in there
0: too. They they got to the the um, AFC wild. They card went. They got to the divisional round. Oh, divisional. They okay. didn't get to I'm the conference. It, did they? Did they lose to the or Did it was, they lose to like the Patriots? No, no. no okay, something? so in, in Madden, I made it in the divisional round. It was me. And San Diego. Okay. And then that was one game.
1: One.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then in the other side of the bracket it was Buffalo. <laughs> I don't I don't Buffalo? Even, I, that may be Are you kidding that me? May be Buffalo? A, as, that may be as questionable if not more questionable. You're, you're telling me and right Cleveland, now Buffalo and Cleveland was in the divisional round for a But the you're playoffs.
1: telling me that New England didn't even make it?
0: No. Neither did neither did the Pittsburgh. So what I need you to do,
1: I need you to take that copy of Madden, and I need you to either one, burn it. I should have
0: recorded it. Two, I should have screened it. Take it to
1: GameStop and tell them that your game is broken. Or three, I don't even know if I can make up a three because that's ugh, that that ugh, that that really pulls some strings for me right now.
0: <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I just thought that was funny because like. On on paper, the Browns look good.
1: Yeah, they look good on both sides. I mean, like, it's it's crazy to think that you have a team that loses so often and has so many great draft picks, yet they still can't get it together to win more than, what, two, three games in a season? Because I, I want to say, over Just the past about. two years, they only won one game. Their record over two seasons is one and what is it, 31? 1-31? Like, that's ridiculous. And the coach didn't even get fired. I know if you went one season where you had less than at least three or four wins, you'd be out that door. Let alone, you do it two seasons in a row, and one of them you didn't win a single game.
0: But then that also starts to drive into the point of, like, coaches and stuff um, and their relationships with ownership and stuff like that. Um, it just... And also, I don't want to get into it, but, like, it also has to do with some um, some teams. Uh, I forgot the name of the rule. I, w- I want to look it up. Um, it's the rule where you have to give a black coach, an equal opportunity. Oh, yeah, it's that's like, just equal rights in general. No, 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 but there's, like, a specific rule in the NFL. It was it was a big thing when with John Gruden okay. it, when he got hired in Oakland, and they were talking... I'm going to have to look this up. I apologize. I have to look this up because that's going to bother me.
1: But I will say, though, race aside, if you are looking at the basis if you just saw the team and you didn't know any of the players and you told me that their team went one and 31 over two years I would ask how many coaches they went through because that's unacceptable in my mind because I mean even the Jaguars who I mean haven't been doing the best but they do go ahead and win I mean they've gone through what two three coaches over the past four or five years
0: yeah, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like uh, I feel like Coach Doug is, is in a good spot right now. And I mean, especially after last season. He especially be. after last season, and he's been with the team for a couple of years now, even though he was at uh, the defensive coordinator position. But, I mean, he knows the team. Was it defense or offense? I think it was defensive coordinator. I think it was defense, because you know how well that defense has been? But the quick run back to it, uh, to clarify myself, uh, it's called the Rooney Rule. And what the Rooney rule is, is the NFL, it's a policy that requires each team in the league when interviewing new coaches to interview ethnic minority candidates for the head coaching and senior football operation jobs. So like, whether it be a front office position or a coaching position, you have to give minority coaches and applicants an equal opportunity. So like, but that doesn't was, mean that he, that Hugh Jackson can't get fired for doing an awful job. No, correct, correct. But that's, I believe, when you start, sometimes, depending on the situation, some people are scared of riding that line. And, for example, what I can point out, when uh, Gruden was hired as the Oakland coach, I mean, you talk about an offseason, he was hired like that so quick and a big contract, might I add. Yeah, I would but, like that contract. So many articles when he got hired was, did the Oakland Raiders follow the Rooney rule? Because they were like, well, we didn't see them, uh, or we didn't hear about them interviewing, you know, a minority for the position. So, but that's what I was talking about is, it's like, and I know it doesn't excuse, um, excuse, excuse awful performance or awful coaching, whatever it may be, but I just feel like, and I'm not saying anyone right now does it in the NFL or anyone in general, but there's some people that like to play the card when it's not needed. So, uh, and I think some people are scared of having to deal with that situation as a whole. And I'm not saying uh, that that's the case at all in any of those positions, but I feel like that is something, especially with everything that's going on right now, that that can't be in your head or like there's no way it's not. You know, so you just want to you want to give everyone a fair chance. And also it it even simply sometimes it's like you don't want to give up on them or you see something or we may not see everything behind closed doors that they know, so they may they may be thinking, you know, oh this is really close to where we want to go, so we're going to try to ride this out. And sometimes that goes on longer than needed. Yeah, I mean, this has been a
1: long ride straight up in the dirt. I mean, they're pretty much drowning themselves. So, I mean, with all these teams that are trying to not be the Browns, um, you have all these quarterbacks that are really just trying to make their way into the NFL. Because, I mean, that's that's the dream. You're playing football as little as, let's say, eight years old. You're playing that first contact or flag football, making your way into middle school slash junior high, high school, college. And then you get the big payday making your way into the NFL. So you have a lot of these teams that decided to take their risks on getting these quarterbacks. I mean, you have the Browns, you have the Jets, the Bills, the Cardinals. And then you also have the big surprise with the Ravens. And, I mean, I still don't even know what's going on with the Ravens on that one. Because, I mean, you have Joe Flacco, a guy that you pretty much said since day one, he is going to be your Brett Favre and yet all he has done so far is gotten you a Super Bowl ring and a whole bunch of injuries. Yet, for some reason, they decided to go ahead and draft Lamar Jackson and also Which sign RG3.
0: not pleased about one bit.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be pleased about it either. You, if you got to think about it, I know I'm injury-prone, and I know that I have a good arm, but when you're bringing in these two athletes that have a completely different set of abilities than I do, you know that the entire team is going to be going in a completely different direction, and you're getting the boot. It's just how long is it going to take?
0: Yes, but also with RG3, I wouldn't even, like... I. I know what you're saying, and like you, you're. I'm not
1: even saying RG3 is the threat. No, I, I'm no, just I, saying no, no, yeah, yeah. you can see that those two players have you're, the you're same. You're using skillset.
0: him to make a point because it goes along with the type of player that Lamar Jackson is. In my personal opinion, I think Lamar Jackson is literally just going to be an RG3 2.0. He's not going to last that long in the league.
1: Well, That's don't my see. opinion.
0: I. I, would I want say, to see him succeed. Oh, yeah. I would love
1: to see him succeed, especially a mobile quarterback that can go ahead and succeed. The last time we had that was Cam Newton, and even then a lot of people want to go ahead and criticize him. But uh, but yet then you have to compare them to Cam Newton as far as a mobile quarterback Russell, being successful.
0: Russell, but um, if, Russell. You had to, if you had to
1: pick a platform,
0: pick a platform. You, you can't. You, but they're both mobile, but they're not the same. That's what I'm saying. Like they both play in like two completely Cam's, different offers. Cam, Cam's a
1: goddamn rock. And I mean, he really is. He's a wall. I mean, every time he runs, he's trucking everybody over where Russell Wilson is all about his mobility and actually being able to create that space. So I mean, it's just So it it's nice to see that there's quarterbacks that are doing this, but at the same time it's like there's not history. a lot of
0: his history represents they don't they, they don't, don't work no. out. I mean, if we have to go
1: even more recent, look at Johnny. I mean, he's making his way into Canadian football.
0: Hashtag comeback season. Come Come back. Back. The Johnny Manziel comeback will be real. Mark my words. He, he. Which, by the way, within like the last couple of hours from
1: the time that we recorded this, um, they did say that they are trying to get Johnny Manziel to start for the Montreal Canadian football team by their next game and he was just traded today. They want him to go ahead and start the next game because the coach for the Montreal football team was his same coach at Texas A&M and he knows the abilities that he
0: has. Well, that's a part of anything too, I guess with any job, aspect or perspective when it comes to that is like the personnel you know. You know, if you go into a team with familiar personnel you're going to have biased outcomes. As opposed to going into somewhere where you don't know. But I mean, if you're you're
1: looking at it altogether, you still got to know your team.
0: No, true. Absolutely, you know your coach,
1: and you know that the coach knows exactly what you, as an individual, can do. But that individual doesn't mean anything until they make that connection with the whole team. Yet you're giving him what, like five days?
0: Yeah, but then how can you look at that from? A free agent perspective. like
1: Well, usually the free agent is given a little more time, if you think about it. I mean, there are, there are some cases where they're thrown in, and that's just because they might know the playbook. But at the same time, how well do they really do in their first game? History shows that it's not that well. They usually don't do that well their first game, especially coming straight from free agency, especially, like, say, in the middle of the season. Like, Percy Harvin... Let's go ahead and take his name in there. He oh, He's a great player. I love watching him play, especially all the way back when he played for the Gators. And I know that might hurt you a little bit. But, um, I mean, he was a good player. He was productive. He didn't showboat to the point to that people thought that he was going to. But, I mean, he was productive. Especially with the teams that he played for. Especially with Seattle and Buffalo. He definitely put up the numbers that he needed, but the moment that he went ahead and left, and then he had to come straight back, I feel like he just lost all... I can't even think of the word. He kind of just dwindled out of the league. Just because he went ahead and left the team, and then he came back.
0: I mean, it's just all... It's all based on your production. It's based on what you can bring to the team and...
1: But, I mean, talking on a positive side as far as production, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he... I I, I even said it when we drafted him. I was so excited to see how well he was going to do in preseason games because, you know, as long as Tom Brady's there, that's Brady's team. You are not going to win out his position. You are going to have to force that man out of the building. I don't know, man, there
0: was those rumors that Jimmy G was on that come up, and Brady was not a fan.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. And I, I love the mentality that he had for himself. And just within those reports that we've seen, yeah, they butted heads, and I mean, they're competing. You're going to butt heads. And they and he said that they were pretty much wanting to kill each other. That's Brady's team. Drew Bledsoe went ahead and had to get injured for him to get on that team because, I mean, who thought that Tom Brady was going to go ahead and the lead a seventh, team? seventh round pick. I mean, he was practically the Patriots' Mister Irrelevant.
0: Yeah, I, re- I remember. Um, I think it was in an interview, but I, I read it because someone had posted an article about it, and it showed uh, his social media post. He he posted that he posted his resume that he created after he got drafted because he didn't think he was going to make it in the NFL.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't either. Especially being drafted that low by a team that wasn't necessarily doing that well.
0: And I mean, the you thing have... about
1: the Patriots not doing well, that's almost unheard of now at this point. You would have to just go back in time and look at the time where the Patriots actually went 1-15. in 15. That happened. People don't like to talk about it. But it happened. And it's, it still hurts the fact that being a Patriots fan, I do have to look back on those seasons and to know that we did come from
0: that low of a point. So I know not, but most fans don't do that. They look at relevance. They look at relevance when it's there, and when the relevance isn't there, all they look, all they do is look back. So it's it's all on it's all on based on how your team's doing. Like for me, I mean, as a Bears fan, I'm also a Jags fan. But as a Bears perspective, you know the. The most relevant thing I can look back to where we were good was when we went to the Super Bowl and lost to Peyton Manning and Devin Hester's rookie season. Rick but Grossman. even then, talk about Rex Grossman being a fucking Super Bowl quarterback. <laughs> but um, we won't go there. But, I mean, even that's not full relevance because we didn't win. That was one good season we had, and we went to the Super Bowl and we lost. Before that, I have to go back to Walter Payton with Mike Dicka as the coach and, you know, Jim McMahon at quarterback. And, you know, that's that's the most success that I can go back to as far as, you know, when my team was relevant. And, you know, now talking about the Bears in the division and living in the shadow, that is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, you can't even really focus in on just, like, the
1: Packers being the dominant well, team now, in the division. not now, but
0: the past couple of years – it was Green Bay's division. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers was king of the castle and everyone else is trying to dethrone him. But I'm telling you, Minnesota is a true threat again. Oh, yeah. And
1: and the thing is, it's I hate the fact that Case Keenum is not there anymore because you know that the way that he played, they could have done so well with just keeping him as a backup, but now that they're going to go ahead and keep Teddy there, who hasn't played in, what, a full season? Yet they're trusting him with their entire team. And no one even knows who the backup is at this point. I know I don't. And yet they're supposed to be on everybody's radar. Yeah.
0: I, 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 I I, truly believe, I think Minnesota will win the division. I think Minnesota will take the division. I think um, Green Bay is next. Go ahead you and you take the wild card. For Probably them. fight for that I wild I mean, card as long spot. as Aaron yeah. Rodgers stays fight, healthy. Fight with wild card. If you get Brett in there, you know, they're just going to plummet De- underneath De- the Lions. Detroit's not going to be far behind uh, Green Bay. I give them maybe like a two-game difference, one two-game difference between Minnesota. And as much, you know, I try to stay unbiased, and I I don't... I like what the Bears have done, but I don't think it's enough for them to start... There's been people trying to say and justify that the Bears have a shot at playoffs. I don't think that's the case. I've looked against. against yeah, I've seen their schedule. All that? I've seen their schedule, and I, I personally think the Bears win maybe five, six games.
1: Yeah, I was going to say with that division, I feel like all the teams. It's slowly becoming the NFC East. How every single year it's always been like a different winner of the division every single time, and their records were always so close. And I feel like the NFC North is slowly becoming what was the NFC East as far as how with the NFC East it was always switching between the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins. It was always one of them that was going to take it. Don't forget Eli
0: and his little stint with well, the Well, and the thing is
1: you also got to remember every time that the Giants went to the playoffs they were the wildcard team. They didn't win.
0: The NFC East. Yeah, there was, like, al- there even was always they... two teams in the NFC East that would make it to yeah. the playoffs.
1: And the thing is, like when uh, they went ahead and ruined the perfect season that the Patriots almost put on, they were the wild card team that came from the
0: NFC. And Hashtag, managed... hashtag let's bring up the problems for the Patriots, because fuck the Patriots. Miles Jack wasn't down. I know. Blake Bortles should have been a Super
1: Bowl quarterback. But the thing is, if he would have been in the Super Bowl, do you know how much people would have hated on him? Because you people know, people already
0: hate on him now.
1: But being on Blake a Blake Bortles, being That's my quarterback, a national stage, and having Lady Gaga jump from hundreds of feet from that rooftop, you know that they
0: would have said that Bortles should have been up on that rooftop. Do you know? If and I'm not trying to do this what if scenario, but yeah, I'm but just trying to it. I'm trying to picture <laughs> picture in your head Blake Beach Bar Bortles, if they won the Super Bowl that night, do you know how trashed Jacksonville would be? I personally know <laughs> friends that would demolish this town if
1: we would be Philly, we would be Philadelphia. We would have people going on top of Times Union down over at the landing.
0: Jacksonville's already ratchet enough and you're gonna Oh god, Dude, that would just be a monstrosity.
1: People to see. would put paint in their boats and go down the St. John's River and paint that thing teal and
0: gold. Well, I mean Chicago does it. They they dye their river green for St. Patrick's Day, so I'm sure we could have tried to do something like
1: but that. But I'm saying, like, we would oh, do our, it... Our
0: water's already so trash it already's teal. So <laughs> just... I
1: was going to say, we're going to have... Put manate- some
0: gold flakes in there We're going to have manatees
1: flying out of here with a little bit of shimmer going on Dude, here. Dude, I'm
0: telling you, put some, <laughs> put some gold glitter in the water, man, it'd be,
1: be perfect, teal and gold. Finally, no- we would get all the attention that Jacksonville deserves,
0: I guess. Speaking of quarterbacks... Bring it on. <sighs> Mitch Trubisky is the truth, man. See... Really I, really, I I really don't have an opinion because really, not I mean,
1: really. n- with the Chicago not really being on a national stage, I I don't really have a lot to go off of. And I mean, you being a Bears fan, there's the bias. But then again, you
0: also probably watch more of his game than I do. He looks fundamental. He he looks like, he looks like a quarterback that we haven't had since Kyle Orton. No, dude, not even, <laughs> not even. Don't you dare put that. No, 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 no. I would fundamental like a good quarterback since Jim McMahon's two productive seasons with the Bears. Man, you're gonna have to go all the way that that, that far back. I'm talking about a, a a quarterback that can do a little bit of everything, and I mean like I know it sounds stupid. Say, I've,
1: I've seen him run. I know that he definitely. And has I know it sounds stupid,
0: and but I know some or a lot of people will understand me. Mitchell Trubisky looks like a quarterback. Like you get you see some of these quarterbacks in the NFL. It's like, you know, oh he's goof like Eli Manning, he doesn't look like a quarterback. He <laughs> He looks like a high school stoner that like grew up but not mentally and here he is in the NFL. It's like a baby giraffe still trying to learn. Mitch how to walk. Trubisky looks like a quarterback. He looks like someone that fits that quarterback mold, and I've seen him make these throws. He threw, college football, he threw all over Florida State. I watched him do it. That personally hurt me. But I also know, the th- I've seen the throws he can make. I've seen him be mobile, and I've seen him, I, I've watched a lot of videos, and I've watched a lot of Mitch Trubisky, especially this past offseason, with all the acquisitions, and all the weapons were starting to build around him and I really I really like what we're doing and a lot of people don't know this you can go look it up you can stat check me the bears had a top 10 defense last year really but you didn't know because you don't want to know why because our offense was so damn atrocious all we had was our running game and we have Mitch but he's a a rookie so he's going to make those rookie mistakes which comes with the territory. And B Can you name our uh, could you name the Bears top receiver last year? I'll do it for you, Josh Bellamy. Can you tell me where Josh Bellamy played before he was on the Bears? Can you tell me? No, I can't. <laughs> Guess what? I can't either. All right. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. We had no receivers last year. We had um Eddie Royal but he's he he kept getting injured. He couldn't stay on. Well, I mean he's old. He's older. He couldn't stay healthy.
1: To give you an idea of how old he was, he was on that team that Eli beat that was supposed to go perfect for the Patriots.
0: And we did have Zach Miller. Zach Miller is good good tight end. He had the unfortunate uh That's leg. Scary
1: injury. Dude, he could have lost his leg. Like that was like, just looking at the footage, like, oh, he got hurt. But then you get the story behind it.
0: By the way, Colin, if you're listening, that was a touchdown. I don't want to hear differently. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, proving a point. Proving a point there. But no, he's was good. Um, I, I can be honest with you. I don't know where uh, Zach Miller is as far as, you know, his returning or, like, his timetable. Um, I, I... I know we got uh, Ebron. Oh, Eric Ebron signed with for, the Bears? from the Philly. From Philly, Sackhart's backup.
1: No, Eric Ebron came from Detroit.
0: Was it Detroit? He was. He was their starting tight end. For no, Detroit. we. I may be talking about the wrong person. I'm. I'm thinking are, are of versus backup. Uh, Brent Selick? No, I apologize. Everyone have to stand. I have to check here because I may be wrong. Mister Mister Mr. Madden over here. Mister Madden over here. I can't even name the the tight end that we got.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Eric Ebron was uh, eighty five for the Lions, and the backup for Ertz was Brent Seleck.
0: Who'd you guys get? We got Trey Burton from Philly. I don't know why I said Eric Ebron. Trey Burton. Nobody we even talked about. <laughs> he had a touchdown catch in the Super Bowl. So, what does that really mean? Not much. But. I mean, Nick Foles had
1: a catch in the Super Bowl, so I'm still reliving those. Tom problems.
0: Brady could have had one, but his hands are trash. Do you know Madden 19, his catching rating, I think. It's, is like higher, a, it's higher than Nick Foles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's something so stupid and irrelevant, but I just think that's funny. Um, it's all for those YouTube videos. But no, we got Trey Barton from Philly. Um, okay. We signed him on a two-year deal for $18 million.
1: See, a move that the Patriots are about to make, which I think is ridiculous, because he the player that they're looking to trade has so much potential, but they're looking at trading Malcolm Mitchell. I mean, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he was the star receiver for Georgia. And we went ahead and drafted him and then put him off to the side because, I mean, we have a great receiving core. But the fact that you're looking at dealing him after, you know, we just got rid of a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he went ahead and decided to be successful, the fact that we're able to work with these guys and then treat them like they're nothing blows my mind. Because he was such a great receiver in college. And yet, the few plays that he has done for New England... Yeah, it's been short yardage situations. But he's had a couple of plays where he's been the main focus of our receiving core for some of the games. Like, it... I don't understand how Belichick can tell these players that he is solely devoted to them. And how he... Has a spot for them on the team and then deal them away like it's
0: pocket cash. I mean.
1: And I get that it's a business, but
0: then on the same end, it's like. It is. And with <sighs> Belichick, it always has been. And Belichick, it's all about position to win. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's what everyone wants, you no? Know? You don't. I mean, you play for fun. Yeah, but you play in the NFL because you want to win. You want to be successful. And yet, some of these.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess he wasn't their way to win, yet San Francisco is like, yeah, go ahead and give he him a He was me. their way to win, but they... Like, you couldn't have hold off for a second? I mean, you seriously traded him off to San Francisco, and they got rid of Brian Hoyer just so then the Patriots can sign
0: him for less. If this makes any sense what I'm trying to say, if this makes sense, they, they found the guy to replace Brady when when his career's done, but they found him too early. If that if that makes sense. Oh yeah, they, that definitely they, makes they, sense. They have they've coached him, you know, they've prepped him. I mean, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers situation 2.0 possibly. We'll we'll see how he pans out in San Francisco and I what I mean, he,
1: after that contract,
0: he better pan out to what they expect him to be or yes. he's going to be a joke. But talk about the same situation, man. You're you're sitting behind a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. And you're you're learning from, you know, the best, whether you think he cheats or not. Um, we're not talking about that, though. Not talking about that. Um, but sitting behind a Hall of Famer and learning, you know, correct reads and, you know, play style and what decisions to make under which situations and Aaron Rodgers' 2.0 situation and the fact that you hope he turns out just as successful, and if not better than what you had. That's what you always want when you get a new player at a position. But I think they drafted him, my point, they drafted him earlier. Like, their plan was... So have him develop under Brady. Definitely. But but I think they've, they've collided with the time where this is his time where he needs to play. But the Patriots aren't ready for that. Because Tom Brady's going to play until he's fucking 78 years old and in a wheelchair. But, if that makes sense, I think they drafted him too early. And he, it's like, okay, I'm ready to play and I need to play. And the Patriots are like, well, you're not going to start over Tom Brady. So, <coughs> I think this were a little part of uh, bumping heads may have came in there as well. See, and my only concern is, too, is
1: like, he's a great player. I absolutely love the way that he does things. I love his work ethic. And just the way that he plays overall is fun to watch. Especially with him being the guy that was under Tom Brady and now he has to prove himself. I'm just scared that he's going to become Jay Cutler.
0: Why'd you have to bring up Jay Cutler?
1: Because he did alright in Denver. They had some playoff runs.
0: And then you can't compare that. You can't compare his situation to worrying about him becoming a Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler didn't sit behind a Hall of Famer and develop like Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre or Jimmy G with Tom Brady. He didn't have that same come-up situation, so you can't... I understand that... Well, I'm just saying like
1: the whole trade situation. He (laughs)
0: had so much promise where
1: he was. Things were developing for Jay Cutler when he was in Denver. And then he went to Chicago.
0: Yeah, he had The yeah, yeah, yeah. he arguably had two good seasons in Denver with Brandon Marshall, and then he went ahead and got traded because he had value,
1: correct? But Chicago Chicago. still didn't
0: have receivers,
1: but I'm saying they saw value in him, so they went ahead and traded. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he had a good couple years in Chicago. I mean, they weren't the best, but he had some good times. Where he was there. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, it was during Jake that. Jake
0: has got his own issues, too. Yeah,
1: but the thing is, it's like, I don't want the whole trade situation having all that focus on him, and then it all just come crashing down, especially after a big
0: conflict. Well, I think with all these uh, domestic violence charges and all this uh, police trouble San Francisco is getting into, well, I don't think the focus is going to be on him. And GVG the thing is, and...
1: too, is like focusing on San Francisco as a team. I'm curious, with. His whole dating situation that he's going through with uh, a Little
0: Miss uh, adult actress. Kiara Mia or whatever her name is. I think it's Kiara Mira. Or Kiara <laughs> you would Mira. probably know better than I would. I uh, don't Um oh, Thanks. Um, <laughs> um,
1: but the thing is, San Francisco, when you look at their quarterback history, taking out Colin Kaepernick, they have always had a quarterback that was clean cut. Joe Montana. Steve Young, and Alex Smith. If you look at those three guys, none of them had any issues. So, after having the whole Colin Kaepernick incident, but, they were trying to almost re, like, go back to their old image of being clean cut and having the good image on their team, where Jimmy Garoppolo was always to himself. He didn't speak out, especially being under Brady. He didn't say, "Oh, I hate how I'm not getting I'm, playing time." But he would always say that it's great that I'm under him. I'm learning so much. But now that he's over in San Francisco and he's dating, what's her face?
0: Okay, well, I don't know if they're dating. Now, they went on. They a, went
1: on a date. You can go ahead and ex- assume what happened. But after But who
0: that. he goes on a date with him is, I don't think that should accurately depict what kind of person. But he I'm is.
1: saying. He went on the date, then he went ahead and spoke out about how much him and Tom Brady went ahead and butt heads, yet for all the time that he was over in New England, he was saying how great everything was and how the opportunity is fantastic. Well, I think at the moment he branches away, he's going to go ahead and say how
0: he hated it there and that's why he wanted to get away. I think I can confidently say almost 90% of that, though, is with anybody on any team that where they may not be happy or they may not be content because... There's almost an obligation when you sign a contract with the team. You can't badmouth them. But even still, you can still have a competitive edge to yourself. You can still say, oh, I want the starting Correct, position. Correct, but I also think I think also a lot of it had to do with them being the Patriots. It, oh, yeah. With them being the organization they are, you know, anyone badmouth the Patriots that's on the Patriots, they'll... We'll get rid of you just like oh, that. Yeah. They won't hesitate.
1: I mean, that's just kind of how it is in there. But, I mean, even still, the fact that there wasn't any hint of there being any sort of backlash between Garoppolo and Brady. He always praised him every time he was asked about Brady, even after he was traded to San Francisco and actually played there. He talked about how everything that he learned from Brady is helping him as a quarterback now. Yet, now we're in offseason and he got this big contract He's talking about how he said that he always felt that he was better than Brady and that they were always butting heads and he wanted to go ahead and kill him. Like, where is this coming from? Like, this clean-cut edge player that San Francisco was expecting to get, I don't think that they have it anymore because Garoppolo got a little bit of uh, an ego to him now that he's the big starting quarterback.
0: Well, he got paid like a big starting quarterback. Now let's
1: see if he can prove it. But speaking of uh, big time quarterbacks, uh, Jameis Winston, can we
0: can we talk about him real quick? I don't know what's going on with that man.
1: I mean, like,
0: I how, mean, I know what's going on, but like, I
1: like, I mean, we're talking about teams that are giving people so many chances. I mean, the Browns with Josh Gordon. I mean, if we want to go back to a little place called home, and we get a uh, Justin Blackman in there—a name that people probably won't recognize. Um, what's throw, up with
0: throwback? Uh, <laughs> Justin Blackman's last actual season he played, I was working at a restaurant, um, a little restaurant called, uh, that rhymes with uh, Hoobie Wednesdays, Um, I worked there, and Justin Blackman was actually uh, at the bar, and he was downing Crown and Cokes, man, I'd like, watched it, like, and this is on a weekend where you think, like, either they'd be practicing or getting ready for a game. And this man's sitting at a restaurant in the mall and he's downing Crown and Cokes, like I think that was when like a lot of people started to realize, like, you know, we had a problem. Talk about so much wasted talent, man. I know, like, there's so many players that have
1: all this talent and we we pay them so much money to entertain us. Yet they're using all that money to go ahead and pretty much And their careers. And I find it really strange that Jameis Winston is acting the way he does. It's like he forgot that he's an adult. Like, I I don't understand, especially when this team is putting so much faith in you, being their quarterback. They have made that very clear. They've gotten rid of all the backups that could have potentially gone over him. Yet, he's going around and messing around with Uber drivers and stealing stuff from Publix. It's like, I don't, I don't understand where the stopping point is for him. Because I mean, like with Josh Gordon, yes, he did have a alcohol and drug problem, but he went ahead and got that taken care of. And for some reason, the Browns decided to go ahead and keep him on the roster, but he's actually doing better for himself. It seems like Jameis Winston, he still has that high school jock attitude Where anything he does, everyone will just say, Oh, he's the jock, and forget about it.
0: Well, I don't think it's forgotten about. I don't think it's forgotten about. Like, people aren't forgetting about it. It's just like
1: they're not having him pay the consequences for it. They'll go ahead and hit him with a fine that's nothing for him, and he'll go on with his day. Because I think, if I'm reading this correctly, I think he only has like a one game suspension.
0: No, it's a three game suspension. Oh, is it a three game? It's a three game suspension.
1: Oh, who I'm thinking about is the one game is. it's on the Jags. Uh, oh, uh, Dante Fowler, right? Is yeah,
0: Dante Fowler. He's suspended yeah, for a game. Yeah, he, he has the one game. My bad. But
1: even still, three-game suspension, what is that to his contract? I mean, nothing.
0: I don't know, man. I just think players need to stop fucking up. They need to realize the spotlight they're in. and It's a little bit of everything. It's, you know, we try to – we, we – say and we like to think we hold them to a higher standard, but then, you know, sometimes justification doesn't come in order and And money comes into play. <laughs> money comes into play and it's it's become the norm now. And it's not okay. But I mean like we can stand up and we can try to make a case about it. We can, you know, either you know pro protest however you want to try to do it and try to make the change. But ultimately, you know it, it's not up to us to make that change. It's whoever runs the league. It's, you know, it's... Whoever's in charge of the... Whoever said organization or league to do something about it. And, I mean, I agree. A lot of that needs to change. And it's... You know, the fact that left and right, it's become the norm to see domestic violence charges. Which it's Or bothering. gun felonies or, you know, something like that. Like... I just, I'm just tired of it being the norm where, like, I would have never thought as a kid, like, you know, like seeing, like, you know, uh, another lineman or, you know, NFL player, you know, arrested, uh, abusive charges, you know, whatever. And, I mean, so talking about that, it was that LaShawn McCoy is now under that investigation? Oh, I mean, he's been under that since last season. I was going to say, it, it happened almost two
1: years ago now. Yeah, it's like, it, it happened, everyone still talks about it, and yet nothing, like, we're not being updated on it. It's just kind of like the whole, like, national anthem thing, and I, I hate that that's been dragged out so long, and I feel like it's an issue that should have been taken care of a long time ago, and I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier, I mean, why can't the NFL realize that this is something that they could go ahead and fix real easy yet i know that some of these players have their stances and they want to go ahead and uh, stand up for what they believe in but i mean the nba they took care of this like 20 years ago there was a player that played for the denver nuggets and he decided that he did not want to stand for the national anthem because he wanted to go ahead and promote his own religion because he feels like being with the national anthem was disrespecting himself and religion in general but the players backed him up they were like listen we'll go ahead and take care of this next season taken care of nobody talks about it again and the entire NBA is completely behind it the NFL they see people kneeling and next thing you know it's like they're not standing for what our country believes in but yet they're going out into a public where they can't even feel safe It's just
0: it's something. It's something that's a lot been taken care of. It's, I mean, yes, but it's also something that, it's, with what they're what they're standing up for and what they're trying to clearly make aware is, the problems that are happening in this country. They're obviously much bigger than football. Oh yeah, and And it's and I
1: get that. I mean, I know that these problems are much bigger than football, but you would think that the NFL trying to be a very progressive league, just like their counterparts with baseball and basketball, you would think that they would have a decision. and, and Agreed, agreed, I think. And there should be some sort of agreement amongst the players, too, because, I mean, they've been talking with the NFLPA for the past two seasons, and yet they still don't have some sort of agreement.
0: Yeah, that definitely needs to come about. But, um, switching gears... I don't want to talk about that too much cuz that, I can, can, I that feel can you on that. That, that, that can, can start get to get forever. touchy and yeah, you know, it just
1: I, I, it's just something that needs to be brought up, something that needs to be taken care of.
0: I feel like yes, there should have been a decision, they should have come to a resolution about all this and it needs to be made aware that even like outside of sports that the problem that they're standing up for needs to be solved too and it's a huge issue that needs to Made sure, and I'm pretty sure, especially with social media the way it is now, there's no way you haven't heard about what's going on, no matter what stance you may have. There's no way you haven't heard about it, and it just what's wrong is wrong and it needs to be fixed. And that's bigger than sports, and that's a whole nother conversation we're not getting into. We're here for sports, and that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, switching gears. Uh, Saquon Barkley being the fourth-highest-paid running back in the league, and training mm. camps just started. See, this is
1: what bugs me. So, I get it. There were some great rookie running backs last season. I mean, behind Fournette and Kamara, and then also Kareem Hunt. All of them did phenomenal. I mean, even with my fantasy football teams... I picked up Fournette just so then my buddy Joe wouldn't have Leonard Fournette on his team because he's a diehard Jags fan. I only drafted him for that reason, and he got me so many points that he was offering me trades that were ridiculous. I mean, he was offering me up Aaron Rodgers before he was injured just for Fournette. When I told him no, he went ahead and offered Aaron Rodgers plus he went ahead and decided to offer up Kamara because this was before he decided to take off. I probably should have taken that, but I just wanted to rub it in a little bit more and keep Fournette. That's true. But the thing is, they did so great. But then at the same time, rookie running backs aren't going to be great every single season. And the fact that you have a guy that is just now putting on pads for the first time with the Giants is already the fourth highest paid running back amongst the entire league. Tell me how ridiculous that sounds. He hasn't even taken a single snap, let alone actually strap on his pads. And he's already getting paid more than the people that I talked about just previously. Between Fournette and Hunt and Kamara. All these people have the stats to back up a higher paycheck. Yet, Saquon Barkley, he just has Penn State.
0: And I don't mean only as the word it sounds like. And... He's only getting paid like four and a half million more than um, Fournette's contracts worth. I think Fournette's contract was like worth twenty eight. Yeah, I think it was like twenty eight. Twenty seven something. I think it was twenty eight point three or something like that. But the
1: fact that he's up there with Lashawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, man.
0: Steelers pay that man. He deserves it. I don't care what anyone says. You're talking about besides Antonio Brown. Oh no, they have. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster now. Which,
1: he caught me off guard, too. I went ahead and picked him up just because Joe wanted him.
0: And that man was the whole reason why I won the whole league. But you're talking about, okay, besides A.B., and besides the new up-and-coming Juju Smith-Schuster now, you're talking about a man that was the rest of the offense. Pretty much, because you know Ben can't run it. (laughs) <laughs> that big ass
1: man can't run it. And you know D'Angelo Williams couldn't take on that
0: whole But you are talking about age. a complete back. I mean, tell me something that Leveon can't do. Get he can paid. run the ball, he can run side to, uh, he can run sideline to sideline, he can I mean, run he also up the can middle receive. and he's also a great receiving back. I mean, pay the man. The man deserves to be
1: paid. And it really sucks too because it's like they want to go ahead and keep their core. Mike Tomlin wants to make sure that their core stays together. But at the same time, it's like you can't pay them all the same amount, which is awful because, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean,
0: he knows what he's worth. That's why he keeps on fighting to get the paycheck that and he I, wants. And I'm not buying into this thing where there's people like, oh, well, his attitude needs to change. Da, da, da. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying. He wouldn't have the attitude if you gave him what he's worth. Because like Because I, I mean, I'll tell I'll name, you tw- I'll name you 31 other teams that would gladly, if they had the money, pay this man what he's worth. Oh, yeah.
1: And the thing is, like, even some of these teams that may not have, like, the greatest running backs, but, I mean, they still have good ones, they're pretty much more than willing to go ahead and put their main guy down a spot if Le'Veon Bell was willing to
0: go ahead and get okay, that paycheck. Okay, let's be realistic. Besides, I'd say maybe besides, like, Six, roughly six to seven teams, like respectively, six to seven teams in this league that don't need him. But I think almost any other team is like in a throw him in reasonable. Seattle, put him in Seattle. Oh shit!
1: Do you know how explosive that team would be?
0: Well, because I don't even think that they, they don't have the same line as they did a couple of years ago when they. But had I, I'm even
1: saying like, all that aside, he's a playmaker. Oh, uh, Even if that line decided to collapse, he would be able to find something to get four or five yards. Absolutely,
0: 100%.
1: Because, I mean, it's the same way with Marshawn Lynch. They didn't necessarily have the greatest line, but he was able to truck down that defensive line and that second line behind him and still create that offense with a mediocre offensive line. So if you go ahead and get a back that's quicker and more versatile than Marshawn Lynch... Can you imagine the thing that they could do? And I mean... Granted it wouldn't be like the best thing for him to do. But I mean maybe even throw him somewhere like Denver. Somewhere where they actually need some offense.
0: Okay. So just to put everyone in perspective. Of where that running back pay list is at. And this is based on average in a year. Like you know... When the contract's said and done, what they're basically making per year. And this is going to be the top... I'll do the top ten. I'll, I'll gladly do the top ten. You got Le'Veon Bell. Tell them the totals. Tell them the totals. <laughs> tell them the totals. Okay, well, Le'Ve- Le'Veon's different. He's on a tag. But even still. He's on, tell, a, ta- he's on a tag for 14.5. An average per year that's the highest. The next one is Devontae Freeman, who average year is... All the way down to 8-2, which is almost half of what Le'Veon's making this one year. But again, that's a franchise tag. So as far as like actual on-contracts on go, Devontae Freeman right now per year is the highest-paid running back at 8-2. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is next at number three at 8-mil. Uh, Saquon at number four with seven point seven.
1: It's just those three that you start off with. Like they have great track records. And then right to
0: behind, play. right behind Saquon, you got uh, Jarek McKinnon with the Niners at seven five. Eh. Leonard Fournette right under him at six seven, and I want to correct myself. Uh, his total value contract was twenty seven, not twenty eight. Okay. Um, not far off though. Right underneath him is Lamar Miller. Really? Lamar Miller at 6'5". 6, huh. At 6.5. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is right under Lamar Miller at 6'2". Uh, Duke Johnson for the Browns. Ooh. Yep, right under there at 5'2". And then at number 10... Everyone should make more than Duke Johnson. <laughs> at number 10, we got uh, Bernard, Giovanni Bernard with the Bengals. At fifteen five, That's just an awful list. Actually, I do want to throw in a number 11 just because uh, it's the second Browns running back. Carlos Hyde at 15 You got two... It's... The thing is, that's such a sad list. Like, you go
1: up there and you got, like, those top three. Where you got Devontae Freeman, Lashawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell. And you're like, okay, that's great. And then you got Saquon Barkley, me... With my opinion, I still don't feel like he should be up there. And as you're making your way down the list, I mean, Jeremy McKinnon, what has he done as a running back?
0: If you look at his stats, he is They not... were not great. They were not great. It, it was steady. He was steady production in What, two Minnesota, and a half yards? In Minnesota. Two and a half yards? Hey, tell that to Reggie Bush that
1: averaged negative yards in a season. What, when he rushed, like, twice that
0: season? (laughs) No, he rushed more than twice.
1: But as you just go down that list, you just start realizing how these running backs are getting paid. Like, just think about some of these other running backs throughout the league that probably should be making more than Duke, Duke Johnson. All right, just
0: to put this in perspective, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, arguably one of the best running backs in the league right now. We saw that in Madden today. (laughs) We did see that in Madden. I was playing Madden Ultimate Team. Uh, Took off. Took off. Todd Gurley. I mean, you would put him in... Would you put him in top five running backs in the league right now? Oh, yeah. Would you you put him in top three?
1: Mm, Yeah. Actually, yes. I would. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and then if I had to throw another one, a healthy LaShawn McCoy. There either LaShawn McCoy or maybe a non court
0: date Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, I was gonna say Zeke Ed, whether you, you hate those cow, you whether you hate them it's boys like, or you even, love them. Even
1: if I had to throw the top five, you got Le'Veon Bell,
0: um you'd throw in Todd Gurley. Okay. Uh, Todd whoo. Gurley per year is the twenty third highest paid running back.
1: Making what?
0: Well, he's still on his rookie contract, mind
1: you. But even still, Saquon Barkley just started his rookie contract, and he's the fourth highest paid You know Todd Gurley's
0: rookie contract totaled out at 13.8? He's only getting paid 3.4 mil a year. And Saquon Barkley, for those that didn't know, he's getting paid 31.1 mil, and he's averaging 7.7 mil a year for four years. you know how much that hurts me? Because the thing is,
1: that's that's when you know that your draft position matters. Because Saquon Barkley got taken at
0: two, Todd Gurley got taken at ten. Yeah, the differential is ridiculous. Like, that... If you don't get paid like top three or top four, your basic... Like, the... the, That list proves it right there. The difference that
1: drops, it's ridiculous. Tell me this. Granted, it probably doesn't matter now. Where's Trent Richardson on that list? If he's even on there. (laughs) I want to know that. Trent Richardson? Is he even still relevant? That's the thing. He never was relevant. He went ahead and went from Cleveland to uh, Indianapolis, and then he just kind of fell off. But the thing is, I want to know if he was still getting that money, though. Oh, no. I don't think so. Because, I mean, he was a top draft pick. I, I believe he was a one. I'm not finding him. If I'm not mistaken... I am not finding him, sir. Not on that list? Mm Mm-mm. At least the list I'm looking at right now, I'm I'm not finding him. See, and the thing is, I'm typing him in on ESPN, and it's not even giving me a search result. (laughs) That's really sad. Because, I mean, like, he was a top player, and all the things that it's giving me is his highlights from Alabama in 2012. That's the only thing that I'm getting when I put in Trent Richardson. And that's the sad fact. So many people will go ahead and expect such great things from these people. Yet, for some reason, you get put with the Browns. You don't have a career.
0: (laughs) All right. This is what we're going to do. We're going to. It's pushing 1 a.m. Wrap up. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up NFL style. And what we're going to do. Is we're gonna go through each division, make, make our selection, and we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna predict the winner of the division and what their record's gonna be. Okay, that's how we're gonna wrap this up for this episode, and then um, we'll get back to you guys. Um, we're gonna we're gonna the plan is to do this and get these podcasts out to you guys every Tuesday and every Friday. So um, it's Monday night right now, or Tuesday morning, I should say, at one a.m. One a.m. Um, we'll be trying to get you guys this podcast uh, a little bit later here in the morning, and then uh, we'll be seeing you guys Friday as well. So uh, let's start uh, with the American League. We're gonna go uh, AFC East with the Patriots. Your pages, Patriots. <laughs> yep the bills the dolphins and the jets okay i think that's an easy pick i don't but the thing is the record though yeah the record i, I feel last year last year they went i believe it
1: was 13 and 3 mhm i believe this year they're going to go ahead and have a little bit of a slump granted their record probably isn't going to really show a slump compared to other teams okay but i feel like 11 and 5 I feel 11-5 is a good fit because, I mean, they are going through all this controversy. Um, they are losing Julian Edelman for the first little bit of the season. Um, so I still feel that they're going to go ahead and have a little bit of a process. I mean, and now that they don't have Danny Amendola because he's down in Miami now, I feel like we have a little bit of a slight rebuilding, but knowing Bill Belichick, it'll take a game for us to go through that. So I, I think 11-5 is respectable.
0: Okay. Um. I'm gonna also agree with you. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Um, I I do think I think eleven and five is respectable. I think that's a yeah. Because I, I mean, they're
1: still like a winning team, but I mean, there's got to be some sort of showing as far as
0: them missing out on on the spot matchup. Week two, do the Jags get revenge on their Patriots?
1: Honestly, I I think it will come down to the final quarter. I feel like the Jags. Who wins? I feel Who like wins? the Jags will probably take it. Because that'll still be within their time of actually rebuilding. But I feel like it's gonna be twenty four twenty one. But it's not a game winning field goal. It'll be within that final three, four minutes, and the Patriots won't be able to and come up the field. And then it'll
0: just be a defensive game from there. Got yeah, because I mean that's how it was with the Super okay. Bowl. Patriots okay. couldn't, All right. couldn't answer. Uh AFC North. We got the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns.
1: I feel the Ravens might be the surprising pick. In this one because the Steelers are gonna to have to deal with Le'Veon Bell once again having to deal with that. Cleveland is gonna go ahead and be that sleeper that's gonna go ahead and take out all the divisional matches. So I feel like Baltimore is probably gonna come up here with a nine and seven record and manage to make it in there, but I have Pittsburgh going eight and eight making that wild card spot.
0: So you have the Ravens winning the division with nine wins?
1: Yep. Nine and seven.
0: Mind you, Pittsburgh Steelers did go 13 and three. Yep. And you're saying they dropped to eight wins. Yep. You're telling me they drop almost half their games.
1: Quote That's me on it. Move. That's a bold Quote move. That's bold move. Quote me
0: on it. You know, I um, my stance, uh, the Steelers take it, no question. Don't think they win 13 games, though. I, I do think I mean, they drop. I mean, 13 games is...
1: Ridiculous is th- that I think repeat. they
0: drop two of those losses are to Jacksonville. Anyways, no one of them was. But I think the Steelers only win um eleven games. They go eleven oh, and five. You're putting them at eleven and five too? They're, I okay. think they go eleven and five as well. I feel like the division's not as <sighs> Ten and six or eleven and five. But okay. if I had to like put money on I was it, gonna say,
1: like if I had to take one, I'd probably put ten and six. I, I, if, if we had to take your point of view I still think Baltimore is going to come with a low
0: But you know what? You thing. know who I think comes in second in that division? You're going to put Cleveland up there? I think Cle- But I think if this makes sense Steelers take the division easy And it's like a fight at the bottom Where the bottom teams are close um, Close records Okay, I feel you like all the the bottom three will be all within a game or two of each other, but I think Cleveland takes the number two spot in that division. That's my sleeper pick. AFC South, we got the home Jags, we got the Titans, the Colts, and the Texans. Mind you, Jacksonville did take the division last year, ten and six, but we could not beat Tennessee. We beat Houston both times without Deshaun Watson.
1: Fair, fair, very fair. We beat Colts we without beat... Andrew Luck. <laughs>
0: fair, 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 fair. All fair and, points. And lost to
1: Tennessee with Marcus Mariota.
0: But I feel we didn't even mention that earlier. Marcus Mariota's holding the zone in Tennessee. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fitting in that it. system well. So
1: the thing is, just like the AFC North, I feel like this is going to be a very close division. I still have the Jaguars taking it. Ten and six. So, same record. Same record. Same record. Houston being the other wild card team that I'm taking here. Like I said, how I have... So, Tennessee misses the playoffs. Yep. All because of divisional wins. Because I feel if Andrew Luck is playing as well as they're making him come out to be on Sports Center and ESPN and all that good stuff, I, I feel like he will go ahead and tear up that defense. Even though they just went ahead and added... Um, Who did they just add? Malcolm Butler. They went ahead and just added Malcolm Butler. And I feel like Marcus Mariota isn't going to be willing to share the throne with Dion Lewis. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a disconnect there. Fair. So I feel with that, Tennessee is probably going to go like 7-9. and 7-9 and nine is probably a respectable area for them. I have the Colts coming up at 8-8. Eight Jags ten and six, and then I have Houston coming at nine and seven, taking that first wild card spot, and having Pittsburgh taking that second wild card spot at eight and
0: eight. Okay. Um, I I do think, my honest opinion, I I don't think Andrew Luck gets in enough rhythm to try to get into a playoff spot in the division. I think it's been so long for him; it, it takes him a while to get into rhythm. It maybe even late season, you know, he starts to feel the rhythm, but it but may be a little be too, too late. late. Okay.
1: Um, but who do you have winning it though? That's the question. Cause you got all these all these teams have phenomenal well. I hate doing what ifs. I
0: hate doing what ifs, but then it's, be straight. it's my thought. Straight with it. If Blake okay. continues to produce like he's he's been starting to show like you know he had a great game yeah. against uh the Patriots in the oh, yeah. conference had, championship. He had a great game. I mean he was... he had a decent I mean compared to what he I was honestly worried. Did, I was honestly worried watching that game. Compared to how he's played before, he played I think he played very well. If he continues this, there's no reason the Jacks can't take the division. Oh yeah. But, but we have the record. If at? it's if it's if it's a one year show, like I'm scared it possibly could be. I think Tennessee takes the division. Really? Yeah. Even with a healthy J.J. Watt and healthy Deshaun Watson? J.J. Watt can't stay healthy. The past two seasons, he's played how many snaps? Not enough. I mean, I mean, I mean he on, did have I'm a playing. really
1: awful injury last season, too. Did, that, like, that and I'm really not blaming
0: tragic. him. It is what it is. Your injury is what it is. You can't help it. Doctors can't help it, you know. It, it is what it is. J.J. Watt can't stay healthy. I don't know how Deshaun Watson's going to come back from an injury. He could come back the same. He could come back better. He could come back worse. But I don't... And, I mean... Hopkins is getting locked up against whenever they play Jacksonville. So, I mean... But what do you have the record for Tennessee, though? If they're taking the... Taking division, what do you have them at? I say they stay the same as last year. I think the Jags stay at ten and six, and I think Tennessee takes the wild spot at nine and seven. But I thought you just said that you had Tennessee winning. I'm saying if Blake Bortles doesn't oh. continue his, if he if he's a one trick pony, yeah, for that one year. Well, not yeah, but yeah, yeah. One if he if he's had his one season wonder, and he goes back to bling the Blake Bortles that we didn't even know could be a starting quarterback. <laughs> Then yeah, Tennessee takes the division, and and the Jags may do. Uh, actually, the, if Blake doesn't produce, the Jags do worse than ten and six, and I think they finish third in the division. But if Blake Bortles can but hold you're take his Houston, own, though, right? Wait,
1: what? If the Jags went ahead and fought, fell if the, the Jags three,
0: flop, Tennessee takes the division.
1: But I'm saying, who would you have at that second spot? Would you? Oh, have Houston, that, Houston, okay, Houston,
0: absolutely. That's what I thought. I just wanted to absolutely, and then it and then it's the Jags and it's the Colts. Um... Move this along. AFC West, you got the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. I think. Ooh. I think the Chargers take that division. Really? Yep. See, I would have said uh, John
1: Gruden goes back to his winning ways and Oakland takes it because. Oh, because they got Jordy Nelson? They got Jordy Nelson, and then you got uh, Derek Carr still having to show up his brother and just getting that ring. I mean, granted, David Carr wasn't. much I mean, to they talk have about. they have the receiving core, but they have the receiving core. They have Marshawn Lynch, yeah. And then but
0: even Marshawn Lynch hasn't been the Marshawn Lynch since he retired. But I'm saying you also have a defense to back it up. True, they have a they have a talented defense, but Just Derek Carr needs to stay healthy. Derek Carr needs to stay healthy because they don't have a good enough backup, and they back. need to be able to produce. Excuse me, some sort of running game. They they need to. They need to produce a consistent running game in order to be able to do something. Otherwise, the, I think the Chargers take that lead, take that division. I'm surprised that you didn't go with the Chiefs. They lost their offensive coordinator. They, I don't believe in Patrick Mahomes. I one hundred percent do not. But I'm saying even relying on Kareem Hunt and you, Harry Kill, you have a you have an NFL quarterback who's a baseball player. I'm not saying baseball players can't play quarterback. Russell Wilson. I'm also saying that he sidearms it. I've seen so much footage of this guy, and I I don't trust his throw. I I don't trust him. If he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. But I do not think Patrick Mahomes is the guy. I don't. I don't see them winning more than eight games. But how about the Chargers that you're saying are going to win? How many games do you do you have them at? I have them ten and six. Okay,
1: I was going to say I have the Raiders at ten and six, and honestly.
0: I would have had the Chargers at two.
1: Because say, I, I would have come. the char-
0: Chargers at one, Raiders at two, Chiefs at three, and unless Denver's figured something out, because and you know they haven't, because all they have is Case Keenum. Dude, do you know the Broncos were one and seven on the road last year? They could not win a road game, and what and was they the only went five hundred at home. They went four and four at home.
1: So what is that telling you about their record? It's awful and they're bringing in a brand new quarterback to learn a brand Another. new system with no receiving core and they went ahead and got rid of their Okay.
0: Back. So then we throw this. Who do you think So so we have we have the Patriots taking their division. Mhm. We have the we have the you think the Ravens? I do have the Ravens. I think the Steelers take the NF, AFC North. Um we have the Jaguars coming out of the AFC South and AFC West. I have the Chargers, but you have Oakland. Mm-hmm. Who do you think comes out of the AFC to go to the uh, to go to the Super Bowl? All right, so are you ready for this? So I feel
1: both wildcard teams do not make it at all. I feel all of the respective winners all make it. Okay, it hurts me saying this because I've watched this happen. Baltimore upsets New England. So you're saying the Baltimore is going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I am just saying that history repeats itself. And every time New England has played
0: Baltimore in the playoffs, Baltimore has always won by a touchdown. And oh, it, so you're saying if they play them, they'll be knocked out in the playoffs by they Baltimore. They will be knocked out. Okay, so who comes out of the AFC to go to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl? Tell me them Jags. Come on. I Tell do. Me Jags. I do have
1: the Jags. I do have the Jags. But the thing is, it will be very slight because they are going to be playing a Baltimore team that honestly probably didn't even think that they could go to the playoffs, let alone beat Brady. So they're going to be coming off of that high. But then you also have the Jalen Ramsey hype train. The man's an animal. So I do feel that the Jaguars can go ahead and take. I the AFC. think the
0: AFC Championship game is a rematch. Really. I I I mean, I can
1: see it. It's just... This is how... I'm very... I get terrified whenever I see the Ravens on that schedule. Because every single time... Granted, the last time that they
0: went ahead and played, Ray Rice was still Could you imagine the hype behind that? Patriots beating the Jaguars the way they did last season. Can you imagine if it was here? Imagine week two, the Jaguars beat them. Oh, they...
1: Honestly, I think that they will. I think the Jaguars will beat the Patriots. And that, I don't think so. It hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit for me to say that. But I, I honestly feel like
0: they have the ability to. It's there. But could you imagine that hype, the AFC rematch between those two teams? But we would hear nothing but Jalen Ramsey for weeks. <laughs> we already hear nothing but Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I think...
1: Who do you think is coming out on top?
0: I don't know. It's hard, man. Because
1: you're saying AFC Championship is going to be a rematch. So is Miles Jack going to be down or not? Miles Jack was not (laughs) down! But you know what? Do you think history is going to repeat itself again? It will. Okay,
0: I think the Patriots are going to go back to the Super wow, Bowl. Wow, who would have thought? As much as I don't the want it to. The Jags fan is taking the Patriots, yeah. and the Patriots fan
1: is taking the Jags. Yeah, who I Who would have know. thought?
0: I, yeah, I know. Well, listen, it's the Jags, all right? We don't have luck on our side, and we don't, you know, things don't always go our way. So Okay. Um, but just think, it would kind of just add to it more. If you got to the Super Bowl, and
1: then you don't win, <laughs> talk about not having luck.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> NFC. All right. Where NFC NFC East. Ooh. Got the Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, and Giants. I have. I know I'm. I'm a little torn here. I, I, th- I, th- I have. I have Philly taking the division again. I don't think they go 13 and three, but I think they take the division. again. I think they go 11 and
1: five. See, I feel like the Giants are it's going to be at the very bottom, of the division. Saquon Barkley. Philly. Saquon Barkley is going to have a great individual season. Okay, right. but the Giants, I feel, are probably going to go like five and eleven.
0: So they will only win two more games than they did last year, and they don't, and they, and they'll have Odell. Yeah, because you know Odell's going to get
1: hurt. <laughs> so okay. right. if I had to pick, ooh, listen to this, I think Philly takes. Listen the to this. In. I have Philly and Dallas
0: with the same record. They finish same record. At 10-6. Okay, but who... Oh, so then, who has the better division record?
1: Philly is going to have it, but Dallas is going to have that wild card spot.
0: Okay. Because they both finished with the same division record of 5-1 and one last year, but, but Philly, Philly had, had, had four games on them. Um, so I think that they just have the same
1: record, but Philly has the better division. Fair. NFC North.
0: <laughs> what is it going to be, Kyle. How about the Bears? Ugh! <laughs> oh, I think the Bears finish last. I think I roughly talked about this earlier in this episode. Uh, the Vikings take the division once again. Uh, Green Bay's not far behind them, and then Detroit and Chicago are at the bottom of the bunch. But I do think, in order, it's Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. I think Chicago wins six games this year, though. I think I they're, can agree with that. they're on the rise. Um... They finished 5-11 last year, so,
1: and I mean, we're, we're adding
0: receiving weapons to our game, and, you know, I know it's hard to believe because I didn't know it till the end about the end of the season. Chicago had a top 10 defense, but we were just on the field so damn the much. The thing is,
1: you, you guys have
0: some a good duo at the running back position. Yeah, we got the lightning and thunder, but how long that's going to last, I don't know.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's just, like, they were still trying to get there with them. So I, I I, feel like that 6-10 uh, and 10 record, that's totally right to think. As far as taking the division. Taking the division, I, I do have the Packers. I mean, it's kind of just how it goes. But I have Detroit coming in second. What? Listen. Listen. I know you don't believe in Dalvin Cook. I know you don't. It's not Dalvin Cook. It's, I don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater coming off of that injury.
0: They have Kirk Cousins. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. He you duck. Redo <laughs> <laughs> this again. Kirk okay. Cousins. Cousins is at the house. Okay.
1: So we got Kirk Cousins. So. <laughs>
0: That's what you were
1: talking about earlier. I'm like, why is he talking about Teddy Bridgewater? They got Kirk Cousins. Okay. I completely forgot about that. That's uh, like. All right. Ooh. So who takes it to Man, be? I feel really bad. Okay. Minnesota's taking that one. Okay. Um, but I have Packers coming in second. But I don't have them going to the playoffs.
0: Okay, so there's no wild card. In that no universe. wild card in that okay. one. But I have Minnesota going 12 and four. Okay, all right, fair, respectable. I think Minnesota. I think they only lose. I think they only win one less game than last year. I think they. And go... And weren't tw- they at 12 and four last year? They were 13 and three. Okay, so we both have them at 12 and four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFC South. Tampa Bay is going to be at the bottom. Oh yeah, they are. You know what though? This division, they were all really. Cl- no, sorry, I'm reading that wrong. The top three were all within a game of each other. I mean, talk about a tight race last year. Oh yeah, and weren't they all fighting just? For
1: and I, and if I'm not
0: mistaken, it was Carolina and Atlanta. I think the last yeah. game of the season, and they were fighting for that. And they were
1: fighting for who was going to play division. <laughs> no, they were playing who was going to get wild card. That's what they were playing for. All so three of the Saints- all three of them got into the playoffs last year. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. So they were just playing for which wild card spot. Because I know the Saints got the...
0: Oh, yeah, they got the vision. Because, you know, we got to talk about that final reception. Dude, New Orleans went 7-1 and one at home last year. Who dat? That's, yeah, who dat, right? Um, I think... I don't think... 3 teams make it this year. Oh yeah, no 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 no. Um I do think the division stays in the same order though. I think the Saints win it. Carolina's right behind them. I think Atlanta's next and then Tampa Bay. Atlanta um they did lose. I know they still have Julio, but they lost Tyler uh, Taylor Gabriel
1: and I know that he was very
0: effective. He, yeah, team. he was their he was their slot receiver. Um do they still have Sanu though? They do. Okay, so but I think I think Sanu is it's
1: he's wishy washy, and that's too much of a that's too much for him to take on.
0: Yeah, so I do think division stays as is. I think New Orleans wins the same amount of games. I think they go eleven and five, but it's not a tight race.
1: Oh yeah, I, like I it don't, was. This past I don't think year. it'll be a tight race. I think
0: I think the same thing with New
1: Orleans taking it. I do believe in the same record also, but I feel like Carolina. They're going to get cocky. They're going to start off strong, and then they're going to plummet. Okay, okay. They're going to go ahead and, let's say, win four straight. Okay. At one point or another. I'm not specific about the okay, time. But okay,
0: so they go on a little stint.
1: But I, I feel like they'll probably finish off the season 8-8, eight and eight, and everybody else will just fall behind that. And Cam Newton's probably going to get really pissy about it, and everyone's going to ask him questions, and he's not going to want to answer them. And it's just going to show on the field. About how pissed off he is. Fair. But all I have is the Saints taking the division. Nobody else is moving in the wild card. Okay, okay. NFC West is going to get interesting.
0: Got the Rams, Seahawks, Uh Cardinals, and Niners. I do think this is going to get interesting. I feel Uh, like this is the tight race. Seattle does not... Seattle doesn't get in the race... To make the playoffs,
1: I I feel like they'll keep it close until the very end. I feel like if out of all these teams, Seattle's going to be the one with the worst record, and I, I want to say maybe like seven and nine.
0: Rams, excuse me, I apologize. Rams go ten and six, take the division. Twelve and four, Rams. Twelve and four, they do have Brandon Cooks now,
1: and they just signed him to an extension, so you know he has to prove himself.
0: Nah, usually, the prove yourself
1: is before you get that extension. You need to Well, I mean, it. he didn't think he was going to get the extension. Well, because he still had that time on his contract.
0: Yeah, I say eleven and five. Eleven and five. They take the division. Uh, San Francisco though makes makes them
1: sweat. Jimmy G's going to put him at ten and six, taking that other oh, let's wild
0: card see. spot. Let's see. Let's see. Because
1: I mean, especially since he went. You on know the-
0: what? Depending on how, in my opinion, depending on how Dallas does. In the NFC East, maybe San Fran takes that wild card spot. With Jimmy G at the helm. Who did you have as your other wild card? Um, Because I
1: was going to say, I had Dallas and San Fran as my two wild cards.
0: I think... Maybe... You know what, that's respectable, actually, uh, looking at it now. Yeah, I think Dallas Dallas and San Fran, probably the wild cards. If not, maybe Carolina makes that push for the wild card. I think it's between those three for the wild
1: okay. card. Okay. I feel like San Francisco and Dallas is a little more solid, if you, if you ask me, because I feel like there's not a lot for Carolina to go off of, especially now that Jonathan
0: Stewart isn't in that backfield. This is fair. So, coming out of the NFC, I think... I think it is... I think Minnesota comes out of the NFC. Either Minnesota or Philly. Okay,
1: so the way that I see it, those two wild cards with Dallas and San Francisco... Dallas is going to go ahead and face Minnesota. San Francisco is going to face Atlanta. San Francisco is going to knock out Atlanta, but Vikings are going to take out Dallas. So then we move on from there. We get Atlanta.
0: You have Atlanta winning the NFC. Oh, whoops, my
1: bad. Saints, 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 Saints. Okay, okay, okay. I have San Francisco beating the Saints. Okay. Ooh. Yep. It's going to be fun. Because it's going to be Jimmy proving himself against that Hall of Famer. Okay,
0: all right. All I'm not right. saying it's a blowout. Okay, 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 okay. So then?
1: um, So then you have Minnesota facing Philly, San Francisco facing L.A. That San Francisco-L.A. game is going to be interesting. I feel like that's where Jimmy's going to get a taste of his own medicine. Goff and Gurley are going to go ahead and knock him down a little bit. Okay. And he's going to come down to earth have Philly and L.A. facing each other, but L.A. gets the revenge. So it's going to so be... Do you think
0: L.A. comes out of the NFC? L.A. Interesting. So
1: Super Bowl is going to go ahead and be Jacksonville and L.A. Interesting because
0: they couldn't get past Atlanta last season.
1: But Atlanta is not
0: what they're dealing with this year. True, but I feel like there's more. there was more talented teams in the NFC last year than Atlanta in the playoffs, and if they couldn't get past Atlanta... But also understanding that Goff is young. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean. And so is Gurley. So is Gurley.
1: And Brandon Cooks.
0: Yeah. Uh, And the
1: thing is, you also just added uh, Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib, and um, shoot, who else did they just add? Yeah, dude, that's monstrous. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, and it's like defense is solid. Offense is solid. As long as the core stays together and they stay healthy for a majority of the season, I feel that Super Bowl is going to be Jacksonville and L.A. Okay. All right. As far as winning, though, knowing
0: the Jaguar curse, I got L.A. winning the whole thing. Yeah, L.A. winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's fair. Uh, I do think... I think it's a. I think it's a what? Almost was, and I think it's a Patriots Minnesota Super Bowl. But who's taking it? I I think Minnesota takes it. Really? I think Minnesota takes the Super. Call Bowl. your score though. What's your score? <sighs> Whoo! It's a close one. It's a close one. I think. I think it's a three point game. I think. It's, oh. So you're
1: following the Patriot trend. I think it's 24-27. So I actually have L.A. kind of leaving Jacksonville in the dust. I feel they, did,
0: they did last year in the regular season.
1: I feel like it's going to be 31-14. Gee, that defense, you're really disrespecting them like that? You're disrespecting the L.A. defense that they're going to have?
0: The L.A. defense isn't the Jags defense. But I'm saying... Okay, you're talking about an old Akib Talib. This not, is not prime Akib. Talib. I'm Tlaib. not saying that he's
1: the focus. I'm just saying he was someone they acquired. okay. But he can still
0: hold it down. Okay. You're talking about the best duo cornerbacks in the league. You Arguably at... two that are in the top, you top got, five. You also got to look at the Jaguars
1: receivers now. You don't have Allen Robinson or Allen Hearns. We didn't. Hearns, we didn't have for five games have... last season. We didn't have A Rob all
0: season. And then you also have Marquise Lee that's probably going to get injured every other game. No, I think Marquise Lee holds his own. Day-Day Westbrook and Keenan Cole come at it. Come up until their offense. I feel own. Keenan Cole will hold his own. I feel DD Westbrook is going to get a little too hyped. I understand the point you're trying to make of the Jags' offense, but you're still disrespecting the defense. I'm not saying the Jags are going to score more. Oh, yeah. I You're just.
1: Dis- Trust me. I understand how great their defense is. I love watching it. And the thing is, I agree with you that Miles Jack wasn't down. That's coming from a Patriots perspective. All right, all
0: right. That's how we got to end it. I can't, I can't get into this anymore. All right. Thank you guys so much for sitting and listening to us. I know this, uh, to kick this off, this was a little bit of a two-hour and three-minute episode. But... Uh, you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. We had to catch you up on a lot that was going on uh, mm-hmm. over the summer and stuff that we haven't got to talk to you until now about. But now that we've... Uh, been mutually caught up on everything we can start getting into some more juicy stuff uh at the end of the week and definitely guaranteeing that the next episode will not be two hours long <laughs> uh, well i mean if it's a good conversation it's a good conversation well so, we won't have to catch up so we, yeah we won't have to catch up so hopefully we won't have this much to try to condense into this uh episode but thank you guys again so much for watching it's paid break I'm Kyle, and I'm Alma, and thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.